A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord Mary of Magdala came to the tomb while it was still dark. This is not the Easter message we expect. The tomb is empty. There are no angels radiant with light to give instructions. And we do not see the risen Christ. While it was still dark. The Bible begins here. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. It was in the dark that God called to Abraham, Look at the stars and count them if you can. So great shall your descendants be, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. There are always stars above, but we can only see them in the dark. The exodus from Egypt happens at night. God parts the Red Sea at night. God led the children of Israel with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. There's one word for darkness in the Bible that stands out from the rest. It shows up in the book of Exodus at the foot of Mount Sinai, right after God has delivered Torah to the people. Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. The thick darkness indicates God's presence as surely as the brightness of God's glory, something God later clarifies through the prophet Isaiah in case anyone missed it earlier. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make weal and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. Even when light fades and darkness falls, 
as it does every single day in every single life, God does not turn the world over to some other deity. Here is the testimony of faith. Darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day. The long dark nights of winter and the early mornings of Easter both point us toward the God for whom darkness and light are alike. Both are fertile seasons for those who walk by faith and not by sight. New life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. The sower sows the seed, and think about it. That seed disappears. It literally goes underground where nobody can see it. To all appearances, dead and buried, it sprouts and becomes what its original size and shape would never suggest. In chapter 5 of Romans, Paul reminded us that in the waters of baptism, we died with Christ and were buried with him. In our reading from Colossians, Paul reminds us our life is hidden now with Christ, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The pattern of Jesus' life, dying and rising, is the pattern for our life as well. Each new plant grows in two directions at once, into the darkness and out to the light. All of creation has a cruciform pattern of loss and renewal, death and resurrection, letting go and becoming more. It is a coincidence of opposites, a collision of cross-purposes waiting for resolution in us. When the dark cloud descends on the mountain, Moses enters it and stays for forty days, and God speaks from inside the cloud. When Moses comes out again, his skin is so shiny that people are afraid to come near him. So Moses fashions a kind of cloud to cover his face, a veil that he can pull down when he is not with God to protect the people from God's reflected glory. This is what Simon Peter saw in the tomb. He saw the burial cloths and the cloth that had covered the head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. The cloth that had covered his head is the cloth that Moses wore when he was not with God. This cloth has been left behind in the tomb. The risen Christ is no longer wearing the head veil, a sign that the risen one is with God. The gospel began while it was still dark, and it appears that the dark cloud remains through the last line of the gospel, for they did not yet understand the scripture 
that he had to rise from the dead. The lectionary omits the next line, Then the disciples returned home. There's a certain logic to just going home when you have no idea what is going on. But perhaps the gospel hints at something more. At my former parish, there was an Eastern European family who always brought a lantern to church on Holy Saturday. At the end of the Easter vigil, they would light a small candle from the Paschal candle and take it home. The Orthodox won't celebrate Easter for another week, but the Ukrainians have this same tradition of carrying the blessed fire home from church in the early morning hours of Easter. Thomas Merton reflects on this custom. The light would scatter and travel in all directions through the darkness, and the desolation of the night would be pierced and dispelled as lamps came on in the windows of the farmhouses one by one. Even so, the glory of God sleeps everywhere, ready to blaze out unexpectedly in created things. Even so, his peace and his order lie hidden in the world, even the world of today, ready to reestablish themselves in his way, in his own good time.